Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. We have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. There's not many teams at the beginning of the year that can say that. We have a chance to, and and it's got to be on us to make that happen. You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide with Ted Ramey. This is our opportunity. Our time is, is now. Our window is now. 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 Alright, wake up everyone. Welcome to Morning Tide. I'm your host, Ted Ramey. Remember, every episode of Morning Tide drops the morning after each San Jose Sharks playoff game. And we get one more, a Game 7. This after the San Jose Sharks 4-3 overtime loss in Colorado to the Avs in Game Number 6. And my ultimate takeaway is that this is what the Stanley Cup playoffs do to you. Sometimes there is just no one to blame. Sometimes there is just no point of a goat. There's nobody that you can say that's the reason why the team lost. I thought that Jones, you know, yes, the first two goals he let in, nothing he could do about those. Maybe you could blame him for the third. Maybe you could blame him for the fourth. Nothing he could do there. That you look at a huge game from Mark Edward Vlasic. You look at a big game just across the board from the Sharks at altitude on the road, trying to finish off the series. And what you just got in return was absolute desperation for the Avs. And they took the lead, and the Sharks came back three different times, and they weren't able to finish it out. That's just the way it goes sometimes. And in terms of what did it for the Avs on this night, like it was for the Sharks in game number one, when it was the third line and Joe Thornton doing all their things, this tonight was a depth win for the Colorado Avalanche, whether it was Confer, whether it was other guys just deeper in their overall team coming up with the big plays. That's just the way it went down tonight. And that's what happens over the course of a seven-game series. And in the Stanley Cup playoffs, especially in this new parody-driven era that's even more so than it's ever been before, and you've got goals scored, not necessarily at will, but more goals than ever before, it's going to take the course of seven games to figure this out especially when you take into consideration that the Sharks don't have their captain, Joe Pavelski. I would say the fact that they are still in the position to win this in the Game 7 without Joe Pavelski, that puts them in a very good place, and I expect them to win Game 7. That said, you would have liked them to have won Game 6. You would have liked them to have finished it off and been getting this time to rest, but that's just not the way it plays out. I mean, the Stanley Cup playoffs... It is the ultimate test, and the way the Sharks were tested in round number one is different than the way they are being tested in round number two, and the best team will survive here in game number seven, but I got to admit, I love the feeling of the Sharks coming back to home ice. I love the feeling of this being back at the tank. I love the idea that we have the chance maybe of Pavelski playing in game number seven, and even if he's not, if he can go out there and swing the towel and get the crowd wrapped up doing it once again, I like all of the emotional factors playing into that. The San Jose Sharks 
are a very, very good team. And I think the fact that this has gone seven games with Colorado just speaks to the fact that Colorado is probably better than people ultimately gave them credit for. They didn't upset Calgary for nothing. They haven't gone back and forth with the San Jose Sharks for nothing. They are a good team. They have speed. They have Nathan McKinnon, who, by the way, the Sharks have done a pretty good job of neutralizing over the past two games. But this is a good team with veteran experience that maybe didn't get the love it deserved because everybody was talking about what Calgary was going to do and Vegas and the Sharks and the Avs just kind of did their thing and took care of Calgary and was just lying in wait, waiting for the San Jose Sharks. They had the advantage of playing at altitude and now we see that they have pushed the Sharks to their limits and now we get a game seven in San Jose, six o'clock Wednesday night and this is going to be a whole hell of a lot of fun. But you need the depth guys to show up. You need LeBanc. You need Sorensen. You need these guys to come through in a huge way. Whether it's a Barclay Goodrow, whether it is whoever it's going to be, you need these guys to come through. And I know they've had their moments. You've had LeBanc with his moments. You've had Goodrow with his moments. I'm not saying these guys haven't come through previously in this series, but Game 6 was won in Colorado by the Avs because of their depth guys. And the only way you come back with that is a response. You need that response from the Sharks. And listen, they responded in every single facet of the game. In game number six, the Sharks were always able to find that equalizer until it was sudden death in overtime. And that's, okay, that's playoff hockey. But now it's game seven. It's back at the tank. You have to find a way to break through. You have to find a way to get exactly what your team does best while simultaneously neutralizing what Colorado does. That's the only way you're going to win. I know that sounds dramatic. I know that sounds uh, very definitive, but that's what the San Jose Sharks have to do. They have to play their best hockey while stopping what we see from the Colorado Avalanche. And I don't know if that's what we saw in game number one. I don't know if that's what we saw in game number three or game number five, but it's certainly what not what we saw in two, four, or six in this series. It's been a back and forth battle. And hopefully this means that because it has been every other game, you look back to what we saw with this series and say, hey, game seven, this automatically trends back in favor for the San Jose Sharks because it will be back on home ice. Now, yes, it was disappointing that the Sharks were not able to get the win, but I also look to the fact that they were always able to find that response. If they are taking Colorado, who has a distinct advantage at elevation in their home building, if it takes them overtime to beat the Sharks in Game 6 without Joe Pavelski, I think that immediately says the Sharks can win this back at home ice, Game 7, with maybe Joe Pavelski, maybe without, but you're going to have that home ice advantage. Everything is going to be trending in your direction, and you hope that this team is going to be able to dig deep and be able to get the win. But every single time in this game, the Sharks gave up the goal. And JT Copper with room. Scoot again. Long pass, Comfer, who's been active, and then the beautiful pass, and Jost puts it up high and in. The Sharks would answer. And up ahead, Timo Myers shifting gears, trying to cut in against Bacar, who's in front, scores! Mark Edward Vlasic has tied it. Well, the Sharks are able to get out of their own zone, and Grubauer ends up trying to make a, a play with his stick. 
Here's the pass out. Meyer with the speed. And that little bump and a little off balance was Grubauer. And no one picked up Mark Edward Vlasic. And then they would answer again. Here's Carlson. Here comes Bird scores. Brett Birds has tied it with 10 seconds left in the second. And then they would continue to answer. Nyquist with a push on. Logan Couture in front. Scores! Vlasic has a silencer for the San Jose Sharks. Until they gave up the overtime sudden death goal for which there would be no answer. Carlson back, buried there by Landis Cog. McKinnon looking for a loose puck. Played a hit by Vlasic, kept in by McCarthy. In front, scores! And yes, that goal is the disappointing one to go over, but the fact is, over the course of the game, the Sharks have had the answer. Over the course of the postseason, the Sharks have had the answer. When they were down 3-1 to Las Vegas, they were able to build their way back into the series, winning Game 5, then winning Game 6, forcing a Game 7, coming back from a 3-0 deficit to take a 4-3 lead and then eventually win it in overtime. They've had the answer. Yes, they have not been able to win consecutive games in this series against Colorado, but neither is Colorado. These are two very evenly matched teams, except the San Jose Sharks don't have their captain on the ice. And I'm not making excuses here. I'm just stating reality. The Sharks have not been the same team they would be if they had Joe Pavelski out there. Hopefully, they'll have Joe Pavelski out there in Game 7. Even if they don't, I fully expect them to win Game 7 on home ice. They won game one, they won game three, they won game five, all of these big games, and two of them happening on home ice. And I start looking ahead to things we can count on. We can count on the tank being rocking, because I know you guys are going to show up in force. Martin Jones, to me, is no longer a point of concern. In fact, Martin Jones is one reason I think the Sharks are going to win this series. Same thing with Eric Carlson. When the playoffs started, I didn't know what to expect out of him. Now he's one of the points leaders over the course of these playoffs. And yes, he's maybe not scoring as many goals as you would have liked, but he is contributing in every single facet. The one thing I would like for him, he gambles on passes sometimes. I don't know if this is still rust that he's shaking off, but I think that he is no longer a point of concern. There is no specific point of concern except for when you're dealing with a Nate McKinnon especially when you're dealing with a team that has that much speed and has a little bit of momentum heading into game number seven I think this is just going to be another battle another absolute war between two very talented teams and we get to watch it play out before us at the tank in game seven I mean I know that anything can happen at this point but that's also what I'm excited about any Thing can happen. This is the Stanley Cup playoffs. This is the Sharks. This is the Avs. This is two very good teams, and we get to see them go to war Wednesday night. All right, and we now have joining us on Morning Tide the one and only Jamie Baker, of course, color commentator for the San Jose Sharks. And Bakes, uh, it's disappointing after a game six overtime loss, uh, but that's one of those ones where you know, I feel like you can't really point the finger of blame. That's just what the Stanley Cup playoffs will do. They'll put a team on the ropes like the Avs were, and they're going to come up with a response. And the Sharks had three responses to get themselves back into the game each time, but were never able to take the lead. And then the Avs got the uh, big goal in overtime. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a crazy game in some regards, but that's what playoff hockey is all about. And the Sharks have been on the other end of those 
winning overtime goals. Actually, both teams going into overtime were 2-0 and in the postseason. Um, but the Avs play well at home. Mm-hmm. You know, they were tremendous down the stretch. They've only lost one playoff game at home, and it was game three. And admittedly, they didn't play a great game. Sharks played a really good game. Um, but they play well here. They use, the altitude is a factor. Um, they're a fast team. The ice is fast. And I thought that they took it to the Sharks, you know, in the first period, dumping the puck in time and time again, trying to get the Sharks' D to go back and, and fish it out of the corner. So they established their forecheck early in the game. I thought Mark Jones was tremendous. And then, you know, in the second period, it was the story of resiliency from the Sharks. They kept coming back, you know, down one nothing, 1-1, one, 2-1. One, one. Then they scored that late goal heading into the third period. They do the same thing in the third period. So... Uh, you know, even though it wasn't the Sharks' best game, even though I think they got a chance tonight, um, boy, they just once again flexed their muscle from a resiliency standpoint. You gotta love the heart and character of this team. Unfortunately, it sets up a game seven, and any, as we know, anything can happen in game sevens. And I'm just wondering about the fatigue factor. Now this is two series in a row where they're going seven. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that I was wondering about in particular, looking at all the minutes that a guy like Brent Burns has played and how much he's going to have left to go in game seven. And, you know, that's probably me just as a mere mortal doubting how much he has in the tank because it seems like he always has something in the tank. But, I mean, how much do you think fatigue will be a factor in game seven versus adrenaline's going to fuel everything in a, in a situation like that versus, like we said, the what we perceive as for fatigue? Well, fatigue is a real thing, you know, so these guys are going to hydrate. They'll get, you know, probably massages, do whatever. You want to have your legs. Um, adrenaline can definitely help you in a game seven. There's no, there's no question about it. Um, you know, and you talk about the big minutes that Burns and Carlson have had. You know, even even last game, you look at Hurdle and Logan Couture played 24 minutes, but you can say the same for Landis Cog, McKinnon, and Rantanen going into the overtime tonight, the game was tied 3-3, and they were minus three with no points. So the Sharks have done a good job of, of minimizing those guys. Now, we know Landis Cock got the game-winning goal tonight, ended up being the first start, but those guys are getting a lot of minutes themselves. So, in, in you know what? This is where you the, the regular season matters. You want home ice. I think guarantee you anything, but you want home ice in the game seven. Yeah familiar surroundings the crowd creates the energy provides adrenaline and then the adrenaline gets the crowd even more energized so that's a that, you know one feeds the other you have last change which i think has been a huge factor in this series because of the, the x factor in mckinnon lannis cog and Randon. you have all of that so you know the sharks they've been here they know it and there's nothing better in sports and i'm of course biased but there's nothing better than playoff hockey and Wednesday night, it's going to be 6 p.m., the game time that's been announced. It's a 6 p.m. start in San Jose. So for all of you people out there, um, talk to your bosses tomorrow so you can get off a little early on Wednesday so you can either go to or watch the game because it's going to be an awesome game. you got two really good teams going at it. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. I think it's going to be an incredible matchup. And, you know, Game 7 Stanley Cup, like you alluded to earlier, anything can happen. We very well know that, and I fully expect anything to happen. Um, I want to talk about Martin Jones tonight. I thought that even though this is a game in which four goals got in, the first two in particular, one was just a, a beautiful breakaway by Colorado, one of the prettiest um, just – you know, by the book goals that you're ever going to see, which kind of it doesn't matter what a goalie does. I, you know, that was just a beautiful goal. Second goal, he got screened. 
you know, the third one, he got kind of pulled in one direction and it was kind of a delay on the shot. So they went near side as opposed to where he was thinking he was going to go to his far side. And then the fourth one, it looked like he even got a, a piece of it as well. So it's interesting where I am on Jones versus the Las Vegas series where there were games where he was giving up goals and I was concerned, whereas tonight I'm not really concerned off of what we saw. No, he's got his confidence. He played a great game. I mean, in game five in San Jose, Grubauer played absolutely tremendous, giving his team a chance to win. And even though they had the one nothing lead, they weren't necessarily deserving of it because they'd given up a lot more grade-A scoring chances than mm-hmm. the Sharks. And the Sharks fought back and ended up winning that game 2-1. But it could have been maybe a little more lopsided. Tonight, Martin Jones gave his team a chance to come back because of the way he played in the first period and, and throughout the course of the game. And, and they did come back, but they never trailed by two, you know, two or more goals in this game. And that was because of the stellar play of Martin Jones. So he's solid. He's been through this. He, he's already been through three elimination games in the first round. He loves, he loves this type of thing. I mean, he's got a, a calming demeanor. That's why these guys have so much trust in him. Um, you know, since game five of, of that first round, his play and his confidence level have soared. And, and that's the, going to have to continue in game seven because they're going to need a big game from from uh, martin jones again we've got jamie baker joining us here on morning tide the official morning show podcast of the san jose sharks uh bakes it's come to my attention that the last time the san jose sharks played two consecutive seven game playoff series was in 1994 i am sure you remember it well or uh, maybe you don't i don't know if you think about it every day but it was it was the red wings and then it was um i'm blanking on who the second round team was but it was toronto Toronto. okay um so we want a different outcome this time yes i i agree but Tell me about playing two consecutive seven-game series. Well, I was I was tired. <laughs> you know, I, I I was. I remember talking to my dad after Game Six. We lost that game in Toronto in, in overtime. And I'm like, oh boy, this is. I said I could feel it. You know, um, you know, there's the emotional up and downs, but but at the same time, we, you're in it. You're, you're you got a chance, right? And so those were those. Those were longer flights. It was a 2-3-2 series. Both those Game 7s were on the road. Mm-hmm. So the difference here is these both these games, Game 7s are at home. So the Sharks have, they've got, you know, home ice, which is a huge advantage. It's interesting to me that, you know, you compare the first series against Vegas, whereas they're the team on the rise after being down 3-1, versus this one, it's just back and forth and back and forth. How does that change the mentality for the Sharks in any regard, or or does it really? Do we do we no. overrate momentum in these playoffs? Uh, every series has its own feel, its own take. And, and, you know, Vegas series, that was a war from the drop of puck in game one two teams that knew each other. This has been a different series. This is a the year of the upset. Colorado knocked at the top seed, the Calgary Flames, in five games. Outscored them 17-7 to seven in, in, in games two through five. Had a little bit of a break. And then now this series has been going back and forth. So uh, as far as tennis goes, yeah, it's uh, – the, the serve is in the Sharks' hand now, and, and they got to close this thing, close this thing out on Wednesday, and, and get ready for the Western Conference Finals. The one thing that I keep on coming back to, and I don't know if I'm overrating this or underrating it, but the fact that the Sharks have been doing all of this without Joe Pavelski—I mean, the one thing that we've looked at this year with the Sharks consistently is their depth. I remember, you know, when LeBanc had his hat trick earlier in the regular season, I thought to myself, "You're getting hat tricks from guys like LeBanc." That just speaks to the depth of this team, and it's paid its dividends in the postseason, but 
you know, where do you rank it in terms of the Sharks being in a game seven without their captain, without their, you know, top goal scorer, without Joe Pavelski? This is a guy, he's, he's an Olympian. He is, um, you know, one of the best players in the league. Well, I, I, uh, I only got another couple of minutes here. I'm getting called to do another another thing here with NBC, but uh, I, we'll find out probably tomorrow or Wednesday morning whether he's going to be playing or not. Yeah. He's skating. So, you know, there's there's the emotional impact. These guys want to play for him. So they, the depth is definitely a factor. That's the uh, X factor in this series for the San Jose Sharks. The X factor for the Avalanche is McKinnon, and, and they've held him off the scoreboard the last couple of games. So they, they've done a good job there, and now it's, it's the opportune time at home for their depth, which which got outplayed tonight by by Colorado. The depth of Colorado, J.T. Comfort with three points in his line tonight, outplayed the depth of the San Jose Sharks. That was the difference. That tide has to turn for the Sharks to win game seven. Bakes, always a pleasure, my friend. I know you've got stuff to do. Yeah. I will let you go do that, and I will see you Wednesday night at the tank, all right? All right, buddy. Love All you. Right. Thanks, man. Sounds good. Again, that is Jamie Baker, TV and radio color commentator for the San Jose Sharks, giving us his thoughts on game number six and looking ahead to game number seven. All right, I want to get into some of this post-game sound from Mark Edward Vlasic first, who was, uh, I'm going to say he was a little hot after losing game number six, not exactly giving long, lengthy answers to the media. They won it. We could have, uh, we had a chance to finish them and we didn't do it. How was the team's energy level tonight? Just throughout the start to finish. It better as it went on. Game went on. First 10 minutes, uh, it was all them. The next 10, it was all us. Pretty even after that. When you guys kept coming back, you came back three times. That's good to see, but we couldn't finish it. I mean, obviously you didn't want to play game seven, but you are playing at home. Well, now after we lost, yeah, but we wanted to finish it tonight. Now we have to do it at home on Wednesday. Guys, feel like you've been better at home throughout the playoffs. Yeah, we're five and two, so record's been good. So we just got to show it. I think the one most important quote to take away from all of this from Vlasic is this. Well, now after we lost, yeah, but we wanted to finish it tonight. Now we have to do it at home on Wednesday. I think that just speaks to the fact that these guys 100% expected to finish this off in game number six, and now they're all a bit ticked off about having to play game number seven. Now, I don't have a problem with that at all because I think they're going to be angry and they're going to be looking to end it early in game number seven against Colorado, but I think we talk about the expectation level. They expected to win it and finish it tonight. Logan Couture also clearly hot when speaking with the media. I mean, they, they, their, their depth guys beat us tonight. Yeah. We got beat by JT Comper, Tyson Jost, their second, third, fourth line. So, What do you have to do to reverse that? We gotta be, our depth guys got to be better than their depth guys. And here's Couture on Game 7 at home at the tank. Uh, confident. I mean, we've won Game 7s in our, our uh, building before, so right now uh, pretty pissed off that we lost this game. Um, but we've got to go win, win a home game. Yeah, and there's Couture saying that he's pissed off just like Mark Edward Vlasic kind of alluded to. Again, these guys came into Game 6 expecting to win it, and they didn't. And it took an overtime loss on the road to put them in this position of having to take it in a Game 7 back home Wednesday night. But you can clearly tell 
They are aggravated, and honestly, I, I like that. I like the fact that they are viewing this as a missed opportunity as opposed to, well, we can rely on game number seven. I think there's going to be a lot of anger, and there's going to be a lot of reason and a lot of things for them to rectify, which Couture gets into here. Well, we turned pucks over again. Um, I thought we were soft in a lot of areas. I thought we were soft breaking out of our end. Um, but once we forecheck, I mean, we, we play in their end, and we have good shifts and sustained pressure. Um so we just gotta gotta be smarter with the puck and and not turn it over, uh, win some more battles and play on their end. You guys came back three times and then you, then you tied a blade up again. Did you have a good feeling going into the 014? Um, yeah, I mean we're we're positive. We felt we could win this game. Um, you know we just needed uh, needed a little bit more. Um, you know, John made some big time saves for us, but uh, we just needed more more people involved in the game. All right, let's switch sides and hear what the head coach of the Avs had to say, Jared Bednar. Yeah, I couldn't be happier. You know, we give ourselves a chance. We got to go win one game. It's the exact same thing as today. Um, you know, our mindset coming into this thing is we got to put our best foot forward. We lay it all on the line and, and play one hockey game to the best of our ability. I thought we did that tonight. Uh, it was very similar to game four. You know, we we needed to win game four. We'd have been going back into San Jose at down 3-1, and, and, and we did that too. And, and here we are again, third time this series, where we got to make sure that we lay it all on the line and, and play to the best of our ability. And that's, you know, our details were really good. Our work ethic was really good. Um, highly competitive. You know, we made a couple mistakes. We got some saves from Gruby when we did. And we, we, we can tighten some things up again going into San Jose for Game 7. And it's a very tough building to go in and win in. And we've done it once already this series. I don't see why we can't do it again. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a real good hockey game. And Bednar also talked about what the difference was from Game 5 to Game 6. Well, to me, it was, I mean, we were skating. It starts in, in the D zone. We were skating. Um, the other night, we, were, we, we weren't really moving our feet like we normally do. And I thought we were jumping out of the D zone tonight. We were putting pucks into areas where we had opportunities to forecheck and we're checking back. And it just, you know, skating all the way to our checks. That's you can't coast in this game. Or, you know, D are too good and their forwards are too good. If you give them too much time, they're going to make plays. So, I thought we did a good job of pressuring the puck tonight and and forcing good sticks and, and forcing some turnovers. And uh, you know, our puck play coming out of our zone was better. It was pretty good in the neutral zone. So we created a few rush attacks and and got dangerous on a couple of those. So you know, it, it, it was overall it was a good game, good intensity from our team. Now let's go back to the head coach of the San Jose Sharks. This was his take when all was said and done. Found a way to stick a couple pucks in the net. You know, I thought we played a pretty decent road game. I, I didn't like our first period. We knew they were going to push. I thought they had some momentum in the first. I thought second and third were, were pretty even periods. I thought, you know, we pushed, they pushed back. You know, it's two evenly matched teams. So, you know, what did they, they do tonight that we didn't do? They found a way to get an extra goal. DeBoer was then asked a question about the referees, but instead he turned it into a situation to talk about how if the Sharks had been told they had a chance one game to win to send it to the Western Conference Finals, his team would have taken that at any point during the regular season. No, the whistles were in the pockets, yeah. You know, what are you going to do? It's, uh, you know, game seven, one, one game at home to, to uh, you know, to move on to the Western Conference Finals. So I think we would have taken that you know at any point this season and uh you know i think for me tonight i think we got three goals from our defensemen i thought you know if there was one disappointing area i thought our forwards could have 
could have found a way to, to do a little bit more. I thought as a group, we, you know, they have to be better for us if, uh, if we're going to uh, move on here. And then, of course, there's the fact that this team has been through it all, seen it all, and they've been a no-panic, we-can-get-through-this-type team all year long, and specifically during these playoffs, look no further than Game 7 against Las Vegas, something that Pete DeBoer seemed to fall back on in his post-game comments. Yeah, a lot of confidence. I mean, we, we've, uh, you know, this is a resilient group. They've shown that all year. So, you know, I think we're excited about the opportunity, and, Excited that it's at home in front of our fans. And he also said that he's not exactly shocked over the fact that it's taking these two teams seven games to figure out who's advancing. Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm not surprised at seven based on how the two, how we played each other. I think we've, you know, it's been punch, counter punch, punch. Um, well, we had a chance to win the series tonight. You know, just before they scored, we had a, a great A at the other end. So, um, you know, that's, that's this time of year. you got to you got to finish those or you've got to bounce back and, and capitalize on them when you get the next chance, which will be Wednesday night. And as someone who has been there for a couple of Game 7s before, I imagine this is going to be epic. I just hope that the Sharks can end this one early because the more life you do give to Colorado, they do have those weapons, they do have that speed, they have an absolutely phenomenal goalie in Grubauer. It's not going to be easy. The thing that I keep on coming back to is that even without Pavelski, the Sharks are the better team. It's just a very thin margin right now without Pavelski. And Colorado is playing above their heads and they're inspired by the postseason. And now they're going to be, you know, looking back at the fact that they just won game six, just like we saw the Sharks go into Las Vegas and win game six one series ago to force the game seven. Colorado, albeit not quite in the entirely same situation, was a team that was in a desperate or dire straight and they played like it. And I think for the Sharks, they have to go back to how they looked in game number five, a little bit more of that commitment to defense, a little bit more of just being clean overall. You heard Logan Couture talk about it, the turnovers. When the Sharks have lost in this series, they have made some sloppy passes. They have made some turnovers in the neutral zone or turnovers behind their own blue line, and that's led to simply negative situations for the team. And sometimes they've been able to bail themselves out of it, and other times they haven't. And now... The real question for the Sharks is how are they going to be able to rectify those mistakes? And is it as simple as them being, you know, playing at normal altitude and being back at home ice? It very well could be that that is going to be the difference maker, or it could be that there won't be much of a difference maker. And just like this one went to overtime in game number six, we might have to see overtime in game number seven again. But it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be a you know rollover. It's not going to be a walk in the park. It's going to take everything the Sharks have to advance. And I think that the one thing we're seeing here, again, I keep on talking about how parody-driven the NHL is now, but if the Sharks are going to advance, they're going to have to prove it. And coming out of this, they are going to be as battle-tested as any team that's left in the NHL because they have faced two teams that are so wildly different in terms of where they exist on the hockey spectrum and what type of game they play that they'll be able to prove that they can take it. They can absorb it. They can do everything that they need to do to get themselves past whatever team they're facing. And it's just a matter of them actually getting to that point. And now we wait for Wednesday night, game seven. It's going to be epic. And I'm looking forward to the tank rocking. I remember how it was for game number seven against Las Vegas. I remember how it was in 2014 for game seven 
against the Kings. And now we just wait to see another epic environment, another hopeful chapter into San Jose Sharks lore and another Game 7 that goes the way of the Sharks as we get ready for hopefully a Western Conference final. But obviously business to take care of first in game number seven Wednesday night. And uh, be sure to hit me up on Twitter, by the way, at Ted Ramey Media. If you want me to come say hi, if you want me to, uh, you know, just any socialization before the game, after the game, I know that a lot of you are listening and I don't know, um, you know, all but a few of you. And I love getting to know the fans and those of you that uh, constitute the backbone of the San Jose Sharks culture. So uh, at Ted Ramey Media, don't hesitate to hit me up. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. A big thanks to Jamie Baker for uh, splitting some time out of his busy schedule to talk with me. And I will see you all Wednesday night for Game 7. Thank you for listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide with Ted Ramey. Music composed by Yogi Yend. New episodes appear each morning after Sharks playoff games on the Sharks Sharks digital digital platforms. platforms.